Let's dig into an important topic, and I'm going to begin with uh, some things that made me ponder, and I added a few extra this time because these are just really good and kind of deals with the theme of mental health and guarding your thoughts and all that stuff that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and we are continuing today. So today I'll be talking about patterns of thinking that hinder a healthy mind, but these are the things that made me ponder. You cannot treat people like garbage and worship God at the same time. I thought that was very interesting because sometimes church people can be the meanest in how they judge and, and shun people and the system of that can do that. And that's, that's not just church. That's all kinds of systems. But because I grew up in the church, I saw it. It was obvious when people think it's, oh, no, that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does. But it makes sense. Let your life live out. Let Jesus who lives in us live out and show love and grace. I thought that was Kind of neat. It makes all the difference in the world whether I view my neighbor as a potential convert or as someone whom God already loves. This is from Philip Yancey. This was brilliant because often in the, I have to say the church world again because that's, the, as Paul Young says, these are my people. That's my people. That's my background. This is, and they still are. And even though I see more and more differences, it's still one family. But growing up, Everyone was taught, you've got to do evangelism, tell people about Jesus and to get them in. <laughs> well, maybe it's not so, about, so, not so much about making a convert, because Jesus never did say, ever, go make converts of all nations. He said, make disciples. And that's through relationships and teaching, not clobbering people over the head and guilting them and making them. Anyway, I like this one too. Nobody ever talks about this part. You know, the part where you're no longer a caterpillar, not yet a butterfly. You don't know who you are, and you don't know where you're going. All you know is that every fiber of your being is called for transformation, for disruption, for a revolution of the spirit. So surrender. Break down. This is not the death of you. This is the dying of who you once were. This is your rebirth, darling. And these are called growing pains. This is pretty important because <laughs> all of us are going through changes in life, going through stages, and are still becoming. We, don't, we think that we have arrived at some place, but there's even more changing coming, more changing in our thinking, more changing in our surroundings, our settings, our jobs, who knows? And to be afraid of it is not what we're called to. I thought that was really neat. Oh, speaking of that, here's what's out of your control, in your control. Out of your control is the actions of others, the past, the opinions of others, what happens around you. Out of your control is the outcome of your efforts, the future, how others take care of themselves, what other people think of you. What is in your control is your thoughts and actions, what I give my energy to, that one's really important, the goals I set, how I speak to myself, how I spend my free time, how I handle changes, and my boundaries. I thought that was a really good reminder in the area of mental health and thinking clearly. That, anyway, that speaks for itself. C.S. Lewis says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And this too is really important, especially when sudden shifts have happened. When you've made a mistake or you've made a, a good decision, but it seems to have a negative effect on others. Consider this. Don't try and fix necessarily everything in the past because you can't. 
where you can, you do, obviously. But the point is, move forward. Look ahead and see a great future. We are designed for connection and authentic truth-telling. Peeling back our layers and letting ourselves be truly seen. In doing so, we become capable of recognizing the divine in others. That is how we meet Jesus in human form, here and now. We've been talking about this for, for a long time, seeing Christ in others, seeing light in others. Um, and if we're too self-absorbed, we're not going to, because we're looking at ourselves, we're not looking at others. And compassion. Henry Nouwen writes this about compassion. Compassion asks us to go where it hurts, to enter into the places of pain, to share in brokenness, fear, confusion, and anguish. Compassion challenges us to cry out with those in misery, to mourn with those who are lonely, to weep with those in tears. Compassion requires us to be weak with the weak, vulnerable with the vulnerable, and powerless with the powerless. Compassion means full immersion in the condition of being human. Wow. We've been talking about how we let Jesus out. How do we, let, how do we live this life within us, the life of Jesus? And today I want to deal with um, some thinking patterns that really hinder our lives. And I've spoken on this before years ago, but it's time to be reminded of this again. Now, the categories that I have are broad and can go deeper. And I'm going to explain what I mean by this diagram. I've talked to you about the emotions diagram before, the emotions chart. It starts off like this. The primary emotions we have are anger, fear, love, joy, surprise, and sadness. That's the big ones, okay? But zoom out for a minute, and suddenly anger has a whole bunch of other words attached to it. Rage, exasperated, you know, irritable, envy, disgust. Um, love has peaceful, tenderness, desire, longing, affection. So there's, there's more words. And again, the reason this is important to me is because when I began my counseling journey a number of years back, uh, my counselor was asking, so how do you feel about this or feel about that? And I barely could figure out these words. And then she showed me the diagram, and oh my goodness, I was educated. I was given an illumination that there's other words to express more accurately how I feel. Instead of just the broad, I feel sad, or I'm angry, or whatever. There are better phrases for that. And then it goes even more. Boom. It just, just goes out. This is a great diagram, and I show this because the categories I'm going to start teaching you on today, uh, we'll see how far I get, um, is like that, but I'll be focusing on the inside ones, not, not emotions, but the thinking patterns. And there are, if you think, if you are overthinking what I'm going to share, it just means there are other expressions still not, that I'm not addressing. I can't address everything, because otherwise we'd be in a psychology class, and I'm not doing that. We need a plan. In every game, you have a strategy. Every mission, there's a strategy. In every sports game, there's a plan. You need to know your opposition. You need to know why you keep failing at certain things. So let's discover them today. I was amazed at uh, uh, Mike Malone loves watching the Raptors. Everybody knows that. Um, well, he ended up you know, encouraging me and, hey, you got to watch a game. Uh, basketball. I just was not a thing. And then when I told Lori, she says, not another sport. 
<laughs> Too late. So as I watched my very first full basketball game ever, thanks to Mike, I noticed something by the end of the game. There was strategy. There was, it was like a chess game, because I've played chess before. You move your pieces to block other ones that could be coming in, and so you can, bam, ha, ha, and, and get your win, right? Basketball is the same way. I never saw that before. I went, oh my goodness, and suddenly, guess what? Hook, line, and sinker, I love it. It's fun to watch. Um, I won't watch any other teams, but still, it's, it, there was strategy to it that I didn't know. In every sport there is. When we see people go on peace missions, the Canadian military has gone to many places to bring peace and order. They need a strategy. They need to know where the enemy is and make sure they're in strategic places to be the wall of protection for people. We have the same thing in our minds. We have things that come at us in our minds, and if we don't know it's coming at us or are able to identify those key things, <clears throat> they're just going to keep doing trauma to our thinking. An old Chinese proverb says, be careful of your thoughts, for your thoughts inspire your words. Be careful of your words, for your words precede your actions. Be careful of your actions, for your actions become your habits. Be careful of your habits, for your habits build your character. Be careful of your character, for your character decides your destiny. Wise words. Some wisdom in the scriptures as well. Some people say, well, there's no psychology in the Bible, there's no... None of that stuff, it's all about God. Well, no. There's tremendous wisdom in the scriptures, both Old and New Testament. Some were laws given to the Jews. The commands in the New Testament are for our benefit. There's wisdom there without having to explain all the ramifications. They're saying, please do these things, it's good for you. But there's some specific ones for this. In Romans 12, too, I'm going to read a number of translations because this is a biggie. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many have heard that kind of wording before? King James Bible is quite similar. New Living Translation tweaks it a bit. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new, new person by changing the way you think. There's a challenge here, a direct challenge to our thinking. And sometimes we just let everything flow in, whatever comes in. It's like watching TV all day. You just change the channel, just in, 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 you know. Um, Romans 12, 2 from the message. This is really nice. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. I thought that was really neat. The Passion Translation says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And the mirror says this, I love this. Now this is gonna throw you off, but it says, do not allow current religious tradition to mold you into its pattern of reasoning. Like an inspired artist, 
Give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. Become acquainted with perfection to accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of him will transform your thoughts afresh from within. Many people have been told you need to change your thinking or change your behavior, and then your thinking will change as you start to practice these behaviors. There's some truth to it, but by far, this is deeper and more accurate. It works from the inside out. First Nations version is amazing. I'll come back to the uh, mirror translation in just a minute. Do not permit the ways of this world to mold and shape you. Instead, let Creator change you from the inside out in the way a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. He will do this by giving you a new way of thinking, seeing, and walking. When you will, then you will know for sure what the great spirit wants for you. Things that are good, that make the heart glad, and help you walk the path of becoming a mature and true human being. Again, beautiful words to, if you go back to the, what we first said, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's nice, but my goodness, there is a more beautiful picture that can be formed from multiple translations, and you just saw it. Let me go to the mirror translation for a sec, because, oops, um, I was kind of surprised at this, and I had to go read the notes, and I, I can't post all the notes, because that's a whole different sermon. But this whole idea of your culture, who's he writing to? Who is Paul writing to? Believers. And he was also speaking to those who have been rooted in the Jewish culture of all the strict rules and legalism. And so another deeper way to see this is because is in the church we'll say, well, we, that means we're not supposed to conform to everything in our world. and Everything out there is bad. Everything here is good. This blows that out of the water. Where is the light of God, literally, in and out there? It's everywhere. So for us to say, out there, bad, in here, good, now you've become really religious. You've just created a system. But here, this translation seems to zoom in and say, hey, don't let your religious traditions become enslaving to you either. It's got to be grace. It's got to be life. It's got to be light. Don't just settle for one translation. Study, look deep more. For those things that trigger you, go and read much more. So you come and arrive at a place of, oh, there's multiple perspectives here. And don't be dogmatic with, what you, with your conclusion. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's King James. And for as he, as he thinks within himself, so is he. So there's a connection to this old proverb that um, what we think about has an effect of who we are. Now, I don't like the phrase, so is he, because... You can go in a whole bunch of directions with this one. However, there is a direct connection with what you think about will come out in your emotions. We've talked about that before, and I had the emotions chart. So if we're, if we're stuck in an anger uh, section, and you have all those layers of anger, um, and you just kind of have a cycle of, I'm just always upset, I'm just triggered easily, I'm short, blah, 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 blah. Um, Usually, it's because of what you're thinking about. The classic examples of a, watching a, a movie, you know, let's say Indiana Jones, and, and suddenly, boom, there comes this thing out of the, uh, behind a tree, and you're going, oh, in the theater, and if you're sitting with somebody, they grab your arm and all that. 
Are you actually in any literal danger? No, you're not. But your mind thinks it because of what's going on. It sends those messages to you. So we have to be, I would say it, there's great value in being more objective and subjective and know what those terms mean and how you look at what's going on around you, how you're feeling, um, and really take those thoughts captive. We, we become, in a sense, the very thing we think about most. This happens when we do not control our minds and instead allow any and every thought to enter our minds and then go with each thought. Hmm. As in people that say, I'm just telling you what I think. You know, I'm just telling you how I feel. Very dangerous to be that loose and free-flung. Um, hopefully you have a relationship with that person. Remember, not every thought that comes to your mind is yours, so listen to each one as acceptable as going, uh, as going to get you into If you listen to each one as acceptable, you're gonna, it's going to get you into big trouble. Not every thought you have is your own. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what I grew up learning. My first Bible was a New American Standard Bible. So I'm really familiar with this. But if you'd never heard it like this before, you go, oh, that's really hard to understand. <laughs> so let's try the message, which is the extreme opposite. Um, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Take it to one more. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Last one, First Nations, we help others see clearly about creator and capture those wrong ideas so the truth about the chosen one becomes a clear path to follow. So taking every thought captive, uh, this is where a filter is necessary. Sometimes we do need to stop and pause and wrestle with our beliefs, wrestle with our emotions, wrestle with our doctrines, question the stuff we were taught, not to dismiss it, but to examine its legitimacy, to examine where its source came from. Does it stay or not? And you'll find that many things we've grown up with, there are good things. And there are also some things that were shoved in because of a system of control. And those ones need to be picked out and purged. You know, they need to be deconstructed. I think that's quite amazing. But here we have this idea of I, the, take every thought captive, but it's not just the thinking of our being upset, depressed, angry, all those things. It's not just that. It's also our concepts of who we think God is. We're still discovering who God is. And if churches are not, and believers at large, if we are not exploring who God is actively in some way, then we may have just put it onto a shelf and now assume. And we don't look there much anymore because we don't look at how many times do you see the pictures up in your home? You know, really? Like, it's, once it's up there new, it's all, you see it all the time. But later, it's like you don't see it anymore unless you change it. 
well, anyway, me, that's how I am. <laughs> that's how it works. But if our concept of God can grow and mature, because none of us have the full revelation of who God is, we need to hear from each other. I've been so encouraged by Hope Fellowship over the last number of years, especially in the last two or three years, as we have more and more discussions one-on-one with, hey, I learned this this week. Oh, I never heard it like that before. You know, oh, that actually dovetails into what I've been learning. And these conversations continue. God's getting bigger and better in my mind. Hopefully in yours as well. So don't let every concept of God just be let in. But also in our world, don't let every philosophy just enter in. So, oh, that's how the world thinks. That must be the right way. Careful. That, that, that's just an immature, childish way of receiving philosophies and, and thinking patterns. All right, let's talk about six patterns of thinking that hinder a healthy mind. And these are going to be the big six in the middle. Remember that diagram? All right, first one. Cynical negative thinking as a default. All right? This is, we've, you've probably heard of this one before. But cynical negative thinking looks like this. Always imagining the worst outcome. If your pattern is to, oh, it's always, nothing goes right for me. Oh, it's like an Eeyore almost. Anyway, it's very interesting. Next, seeing the worst in every circumstance. As in, you're magnetically pulled to the worst part of what's going on. Oh no, the world's going to end. Oh no, I'm going to lose my job. Oh no, this. Oh no. Like, it's, it's crazy. Now, just thinking these thoughts in the first run is not a wrong thing. It's letting it stay there and fester and then becomes a habit. That's the point here. And if you can self-recognize these things, you can actually... Heal yourself. Seeing the slightest imperfections. It's like, okay, that light is just off behind me. The keyboard's not quite centered. Anyway, some of, some of you, it's your personality. You can't help it. <laughs> Every reason why it won't work. So you're always finding the dismissive way to say, nope, that can't work because of this and this and this. Um, and it's, it's a pattern. Hebrews 3.19 says, They never got there because they never listened and never believed. This is from the Message Translation. And the New Living Translation says, So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. This is referring to the Israelites not able to come into the new land. Because they didn't believe. Guess what? If you really don't believe a certain thing, then it's not, you're not going to benefit from any positive changes that may come from that. Cynical negative thinking, it's, it's not how we're designed. Isaiah 41 says, For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's amazing, if we're honest, how, how often we allow troubling thoughts to fester and we don't have a plan to look for hope. Intuitive psychic thinking. I think a lot of us are really good at this one. 
You'll see. <laughs> we think we can know what people really mean. I've gotten so much trouble for that. You know, it's not what I said, but it's what you meant. Oh, really? Did you explore that with me? <laughs> uh, the older we get, at least, okay, let me rephrase that. The older I get, the more I realize um, words matter more and more. And even still, relationship matters so you can actually have some trust built so that when you say a certain thing. I know I've said some things from up here. Um, I didn't think I'd said anything wrong, but somebody came to me and said, that was worded in such a way that you, it, that was kind of almost hurtful. I went, oh, I had no idea. Now I have a new lens, and I change it. And I try not to say those, rephrase it that way again. We keep learning. Learning what other, we think we know what other people mean. We see hidden motives because you think you're the Holy Spirit. You can see the motives of the heart. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Reading between the lines. Oh, I can see where you're going with this. Yes, but it's going to lead to that. And you can see how this kind of thinking can really hinder things, especially, especially in this culture of uh, conspiracy thinkers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they don't really mean what they're saying. This is what the intuitive psychic thinking person was saying. Well, they said that, but that's not really what they, you know what I mean? Like, wow, the judging is insane here. Paranoia, there, yeah. Judgmental, that's the foundation of it. Usually a judgmental personality, there isn't such a thing as a judgmental personality. There's a pattern of judgmentalism that can come into a person when they're losing control. So they use judgment to shame others, guilt others, and control the direction of a conversation. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. But these are two serious patterns of thinking. 1 Samuel 18, 6 and 7 says, When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul's kills thousands and David is ten thousands. <laughs> Guess what happened? Insecurities were coming in big time. And if you already have an ego problem and you're already insecure, you are constantly, your attention is mishearing things. I have this problem where I miss, uh, I misthink. It's like, uh, well, it sounds like you're upset with me on this. It's not. But that's, it's my wearing that and my thinking that has to change. It's, it's, it's a long, long lesson. Oh, yeah, judge, Lisa writes, judgment deflects our own behaviors, or so we think so. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Extremist self-absorbed thinking. All right, we're going to stop here because there's more to come, and uh, it's 5-2. That's an hour behind. <laughs> Yeah, um, Russ, can you get me to the last slide of my thingy, just the picture? That way I don't have to scroll and you'll see all the ones I didn't cover yet. <laughs> that was halfway. <laughs> yeah. This, next week we're going to finish because there's this one and two other big um, patterns of thinking that will hinder and can hinder. And if you can at least see them on the menu, you go, oh, I didn't realize this may be allowing itself into my mind. And when we're aware of it, then we can do something about it. But if it's unaware, what's going to change? 
you won't know. So let's call it out. Give it a name so that we can become healthy in our thinking. And here's why. The whole point of this is so we can love others better, not judge them. That's how we live out the life within us. That's the whole point here. Next, yeah, continue. That's right. Thank you. All right, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, will your Holy Spirit be the one that reveals what we need to have revealed to us? Not my sermon, not somebody else with a vice trying to make us feel bad, but may you show us. First of all, remind us how deeply loved we are. Oh, you love us. And for the faulty concepts we have of you, keep correcting them. I still have stuff to unlearn. I still have much to learn. May we all celebrate together on this journey of discovering who you really are. Heavenly Father, for those watching online and those sitting here, will you gently speak to our hearts? Where do you want us to be healed that we've just left unchecked? Thank you, Father. Amen.